When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Jackson keeps Stanley in front of him. Touchdown, Lamar! And John Harbaugh, with family in attendance, gets to celebrate a return trip to the championship game for the first time since 2012. Here's Anders Carlson, 41-yard drive for him. Carlson, no! Wide left, and a big miss. McCaffrey. McCaffrey scores! 49ers in front! Realistically, need at least 25 yards. Love. Pressure up the middle. Runs away. Throws across his body! And that is picked! 49ers have it! Greenlaw! Fourth and goal. Craig Reynolds is the running back for the Lions. Goff gives to Reynolds inside! Touchdown Detroit! Second and two. Going to go to Kelsey. Got blockers out there. Trying to find an opening and a pylon. And they say touchdown. Wow, touchdown. What an incredible individual effort by Kelsey. Get the first down. They have to run the ball right out. On third and two, they have it. Ty Johnson down to the five-yard line. Sliding left. On the go. Rose. End zone. Touchdown. The Bills score from 13 yards out. Shakir holds it in. Third and nine. Alvin looking, looking, on the go, looking, still looking, and it's incomplete. And now you got to bring out Bass. 44 yards, Bass. No, he doesn't make it. Wide right. Wow. The two most dreaded words in Buffalo have surfaced again. He's got the first down, and the Chiefs are going to be going to Baltimore, going to the AFC Championship game for a sixth consecutive year. And what a matchup that will be. Good morning and welcome into the show. It is ECNZ Breakfast with Izzy and Ricardo. Morena, Izzy, how are you, bro? Morena, morena, morena. Ah, yeah, it's been an eventful morning. <laughs> Very eventful morning. Now, <laughs> let, let's start with you. Uh, we're lucky you're in the studio. What happened? Uh, yeah, so um, I got up and look, I'm not used to the. Look, listen to me. Get up and get in the studio. I'm not used to getting up and going to the studio in Eddington here in Christchurch. Mm. Well, I get up and I go to my truck and I'm like, where's that key? Where's the key? Because <laughs> this place is locked up like Fort Knox, you know. Like it's yeah. it's pretty, like every door's got a swipe key. I'm like, oh, okay. So even when you go to the toilet, so if I get up and go to the toilet, I've got to take the swipe key. If I don't, I can't get back into the studio. So I learned that the hard way. Anyway, I uh, couldn't find the key. And I'm thinking, ah. 
what am I going to do? Who's awake at 4.40 a.m.? That could help me out here. Well, young Paul Jake uh, Colette down here in Christchurch, he's the man to go to. I was uh, oh, I'm going to try and ring him, see if he's awake. If not, I'm going to have to do a show off my phone again. So I've done a couple of shows off my phone. And it's, you wouldn't know at home, I've told many, that you can do a show off your phone. So I rang him and he said he was awake. And I said, mate, what's your dress? And luckily he lived close to the studio. So I went, drove there, got the key. And I've got it around my neck here. So hopefully my kit can get sorted out. So I don't have to deal with this dilemma uh, most mornings. Yeah, yeah lost the key. Lost yeah. the key. Not and ideal. Not ideal. Uh, but that wasn't the first thing that went wrong for us this morning. Because uh, mm. another member of the team is in here this morning. And that is uh, Aroha who has had a horrible run of luck with her car and her drive um, uh, to the studio. She hit a cow on the way, yeah. uh, which was uh, – she didn't drive into a paddock, by the way. It was on the road. Um, yeah. And I, as I found out, Izzy, cows don't have headlights. Um, so uh, it's a very unlit piece of road. If there's a cow on the road, uh, you might not see it. She didn't see it till late. And um, she's had her new, her new car a week Oh no, she's had a tough run of it, eh? Or Aroha. I hope she's doing okay. And um, now she got the barbecue out. No, look, everything. <laughs> hopefully, everything's fine. And she's she's and she's had a tough run. And and she did right. Like, you did right. Like the cows, most cows are black. Yeah. Well, I don't know. I'm country clueless, but most of them are black. And and you wouldn't see them from on the road from from anything. It would have happened so quick. So all things um, going. Well for her at the moment. She would have been shook up and she's at home. And Johnny Mac, Johnny Mac's in the studio, so he'll be carrying the load for the news uh, crew. But, yeah, it's been an eventful morning. But we're here and we're ready to rip into another day of sport when there's plenty going on, Rick Dog. There is plenty going on. You heard the highlights of uh, mm. all the NFL games. We now know the matchups in the NFC and the AFC Championship and after 7 o'clock, Ben Reiter is going to join us, formerly of Sports Illustrated. He's an American sports journalist. He's going to join us and uh, we'll run through that with him. We'll also catch up with Jeff Simpson, former New Zealand Davis Cup captain. Uh, we've connected with him, so he's definitely coming on at 7.40 today. And then um, the last game of the professional cricket career today of one Hamish Rutherford. Um, he joins us after 8 o'clock and we'll talk to him about his career and uh, the decision he's made to bow out, is he? Yeah, that was announced a couple of weeks ago and uh, an awesome career. Domestically, probably wasn't able to have the success. He was hoping on the international stage. I think he played, yeah, 16 tests uh, with an average of 26.96. He had a high score of 171. He's a quality player, quality man, and yeah, he's going to bow out today. So we'll talk to him about his career. You know, is there any what-if moments that he's thought about? I guess you you have a bit of reflection. I've retired, and it is a pretty daunting moment when you when you step away from something you've known your whole life. And uh, what does the future hold? So Hamish Rutherford will be having a good chat to him about that and uh, and reflecting on an awesome career. Yeah, we will. Uh, it'd be good to chat to Hamish. We'll do that uh, just after 8 o'clock. Right now, though, it is time for this. Round one, fight. Yes, the triple threat, the three big questions of the day. And is it you alluded to it yesterday when we had Paul <laughs> Wilcox we? on? Uh, maybe, <laughs> possibly. Um, what did we know? Yeah, what? well, what did we know? Uh, but uh, it was announced yesterday, the NZB Kiwi, a $3.5 million race for three-year-olds. Uh, that is going to be uh, from March next year or this year? From March? Uh, this year. This year, from March this year. Um 
But it is only, I, I, I didn't realise that it's going to be only open to New Zealand bred horses. And I kind of went, ah, that's interesting. I kind of like it. But then I thought, well, mm. the Melbourne Cup is massive and a lot of those horses come from overseas. So what, so what do you yep. make? What are your thoughts on it? Uh, oh, I think it's a great step in the right direction for slot racing in New, in New Zealand. And I love what, like, we breed so many talented um, equines, race horses that go offshore and you hardly ever see them. You see them winning plenty over in Australia. So I think it's a great initiative for now, but that's not the full stop. I think going forward, there'll be some evolution. They'll tinker with a few things, and potentially this race could be up there with the Everest. The Everest, you're never going to compete with the money they've got on offer, 20-odd million, you know, that's up for grabs. But this is a, a, a stake. A stake in the ground for for New Zealand racing, and they've got Winston Peters on there. That's you know New Zealand racing. He's making a, a wee bit of a difference here. We know what his involvement is in horse racing, beers, and rugby is what people grow up growing up with. Now we've lost that for a little bit over the last couple of years. Now we're slowly getting it back like this. From now to March, nine million dollars in stakes that is going to be on offer for these owners and, and jockeys. So we're going to have the best jockeys in New Zealand, um, in Auckland, the best owners, some of the best horses in the world uh, racing on our doorstep. So, mate, it's a huge announcement. It just shows how serious Entain are taking this um, involvement in New Zealand racing, their, their relationship with the TAB. So, mate, I think it's great. I think um, going forward there's going to be some, some tinkering with it. But right now, I think it's in 2027, they're going to have, I think it's going to be up to about $3.5 million on offer for the slot race. Mm. So it's, um, or maybe even more. Uh, it's huge news, and we nearly got it out of Paul Wilcox, you see. You think he was slow, close to uh, leaking it a little bit? Did he yeah. not? Did he, were we on it? Because like, I didn't really pick up on it. But you picked up on it and threw it through the WhatsApp group, and I said, oh, ask him. Yeah, 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 yeah do it, mate, do it. Well, I think he was. I think he wanted to. He, he was fizzing. Mm. He was fizzing with the news, but he mm. couldn't say anything just yet. But, uh, no, interesting. And it, the other thing is, you know, because we have horses that get bought and, get, and yep. get sent to, you know, Singapore or Hong mm. Kong and things like that. So you think we'll see some of those horses come back as well, given that it is you have to, it has to be a New Zealand bred horse, only New Zealand bred horses can enter? Well, well, that's it's like sport, you know, when you've got the best players playing in that sport in that country, you're going to bring eyes to go and watch that race that race, that's chosen sport. When you've got the best horses around the around the globe that have an opportunity to come back and make a couple of million dollars in a race, of course that's going to encourage players, um, horses and trainers and, and jockeys to come over and, and race in it. So, mate, I think it's awesome. I think it's great for the future of New Zealand racing. And it's just the start. Like, you, you imagine, what was it, 12 months ago when the TAB got uh, had the uh, connection with the with the Entang Group and the adjustments and changes they've made in twelve months. Yeah, is huge already. So, if the, if you're not excited by that, mate, you wait till another couple of years and what's going to be on offer. They are serious about this and they are going to put some pump some money and injection into this uh, into the sport. The richest th- race for three year olds in the Southern Hemisphere. Now, mm. yeah, so uh, yeah, great news yesterday coming out. NZB Kiwi is the name of that race. Let's crack on. Round two. Story came out yesterday. Nick Dunlap scores yep. his first PGA <laughs> Tour victory. He's an amateur 
I think it paid $1.2 million, but he doesn't get to see a set of it because he said how much he'd be kicking himself. But, I mean, how good is this kid? It, it seems to me, Izzy, that golfers seem to be breaking through at younger and younger ages. Uh, I don't know if that's just because I'm old, uh, but what do, you, what do you think? Why do you think that might be? Oh, it's a good question. It, it's, uh, I, I was thinking about this, and I was like, oh, look, I, I don't really know, but for a guess, I think technology has a lot to play with it. Technology now, from compared to when Tiger and, and Co were playing, it's totally different. Like the technology that's on offer for these for these golfers to play is phenomenal, totally game changer. So that would have to play a part. The resources now, the genuine resources around for these younger kids. You know, they've got camps, they've got coaches, they've got high performance centres, they've got uh, scouts out there that that will spot these players at a younger age, mm. and then once you get spotted, you get coaching you get high performance you get everything pretty much on a platter for you um so that that would have to play a big part um and i just guess that sport and particularly with golf you look at the membership numbers here in new zealand i think they're up to 170 odd thousand in total memberships at golf courses around the country and since covid i think that's grown astronomically like fifty thousand. so the game of golf has actually become an enjoyable it's gone away from the old you know, the old person's game, whether the history is important, but we're trying to encourage young players. The the fashion, yep. the sporting apparel is changing, so it's been more inclusive for, for all, all ages, gone away from being wearing the, you know, the cheese cutter hat with the long socks over the pants. That's That's gone out the no, door. Yeah, you, 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 you actually, had your white disco dancing <laughs> pants on yesterday, I noticed. Yeah, yeah. So, like, it's actually a fun, cool... Um, you know, sport to play. So I think that plays a part. But mate, that kid, 20 years of age, to go out there and shoot the course record, the first amateur to win on the PGA since 1910, I think I was reading. Yeah. Something crazy. And he doesn't get any of that $1.5 million prize money, $2.545 New Zealand dollars for winning. It goes to the second place, Poseidon out, the South African. So, but in saying that, he gets... Uh, a, a Masters uh, entry, yep. a US Open entry, and if he turns pro, mm. there is $20 million left in the PGA um, prize money uh, on offer for him, he gets his PGA Tour card. So that's the big decision for Dunlop now, Dunlap's now, is is he going to turn pro? Is he going to sacrifice? Because uh, if he turns pro, there's, he loses a little bit of something. Um, mate, cheers. It's a huge opportunity for this young kid, and when you get a win like that, it sets your future up. And he's obviously very talented. <laughs> very talented. It got me thinking when you said that. If you're the second mm. place guy and you get the check, mm. are you writing? Are you, are you, are you writing the uh, the young fella a, a bit of a check and just going, "Oh, oh. I'll, cu- <laughs> I'll cut you in for ten percent." Here you go, oh, mate. I, th- I think you're giving him a pat on the back, but as a player. Do you, are you satisfied? Yes, I got paid two point four million. Yeah, it's happy, happy, but you're still lost. You mm. came second, mate. Yeah. You're the first loser. <laughs> That's right. So how do you take that? You know, like um but mate, watch that space. Mm. And on that golf yesterday, Lydia Co, we haven't touched on it yet, but she, she started the season off winning the first event on the LPGA by two shots. So well done to Lydia. What a weekend for New Zealand golf. Kazuma Kabori and you have Stephen Alka. So New Zealand golf is absolutely flying. And that is why our membership numbers are growing too, because when you see people like them, K 
carrying the flag for New Zealand, a little old country of five and a half million um, population on the world stage, beating all the big guns. Man, you don't well, look too far for any motivation. Kabori's another youngster, isn't he? Another youngster coming through doing good things, you know? So. Yeah, Kazuma Kabori, you got Momoka Kabori, his sister. They're out at Pegasus Golf Club. You see them all the time, and they uh, are going great guns. Yeah, massive. All right, let's crack on. Round three. Canberra are hoping to have a new franchise in the Big Bash League, right? So they're looking at expanding the Big Bash League. Got me thinking, you've got New Zealand teams in their basketball league, in mm. their football league, in their rugby league league. Uh, they've obviously got super rugby. Would you like to see a New Zealand team or two in the Aussie comp? Uh, yes, I would absolutely love that. Do I see it? Do they need us? Probably not. Do they want us? Probably not. Listen to Kerry O'Keefe's commentary when he just absolutely throws New Zealand domestic cricket under the bus. Like they don't respect us. They don't see us as a as a potential. So why would they go and offer an opportunity up there that's going to make um, a franchise or maybe potentially help New Zealand cricket grow? We need Australian rugby. We need Australia, South African rugby. We need those teams mm. in the competition because we just don't have the population. Do Australian cricket need? New Zealand cricket to be a part of the Big Bash and grow it? Probably not. Probably Even, even not. though you would say that's another, what, five or six million people? It's another, you know, from a sponsor's point of view, that's another yes. maybe? Yeah, yeah, I I, 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 agree. I get that for sure. I think it would be the, the right thing to do to grow the game, to have another country, another set of eyes mm. for sure. But knowing that cricket is one of the top sports in Australia and they've got a population that just... Um, just uh, you know, it's just so much more than, than New Zealand has to offer. That I just don't see them then happening. Then happening, but I'd love to see it. I think the BBL over in Australia has the legs to go and potentially match it with all the big competitions. You think about six years ago, when Baz was over there and and all the players were over there. That was one of the biggest um, T Twenty competitions in it the was. world. Well, it's, it's dwindled away in the last couple of years. So they're trying to invigorate it and get some thing. But they have an opportunity to grow that, that game in Australia um, twofold. But, yeah, I think that I'd love to see a New Zealand team in there. I just don't think it would happen. Yeah, all right. Would you like to see a New Zealand team in the Aussie Big Bash? Do you reckon it would make a difference? Or maybe two teams, one in, one in Christchurch, one in Auckland, something like that. What do you reckon? What do you don't... reckon, Robbie? Yeah, let's, let's go to the cricket desk. I think that's a great yeah. idea, is he? Yeah, what do you reckon, desk. Rob? Cricket desk. Um, mm. Yeah, oh, it, it's an interesting one. There, there'd have to be there'd have to be quite a significant revamp because obviously, you know, we have New Zealanders potentially playing in some of the Big Bash teams as well. Um, you know, is that not allowed if they have to stay? Like, who 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 goes? Is it like the winner of the Super Smash competition? Mm like competes in the big bash there's there's a lot of questions uh, but yeah i definitely agree with what izzy was saying like you know there, there's no signs from them that they that they need slash want an expansion let alone from new zealand yeah. so yeah i don't really see it happening anytime soon but it, but it could, it could be good um but yeah there's a lot of logistics around it you know how many home games do we get there's a lot of there's a travel factor um so yeah a lot a lot of questions and I think, Robbie, just and, and Rick Dog, the, the reality is, is if we go and take our best players and play in the BBL, what does that do to our game in domestic cricket in New Zealand? You know, like, not every team, the Cities, the Stags, the, the North Indies, the Auckland Aces are going to be a part of the BBL. So does that 
um, lesser owl competition to go and help out the Australians. Well, I don't see it as as helping out the Aussies. I reckon you have two standalone franchises that sit above, Mm. you know, what's going on here domestically, and then that becomes like our NPC to Super Rugby, and those Mm. teams feed 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 say uh, two New Zealand teams or whatever. Um, but then the guys that are playing in those two teams are playing at a higher level, playing better yeah. players. So it just elevates everybody and it gives more chances to grassroots players to play Super Smash and then potentially there's a pathway. Beautiful. Love it. Yeah. The also, also there's a slight difference between the two competitions. Is I, I feel like you see, you see players move around the Big Bash teams a lot more. Um, you know, it's like, you know, you, you live in Auckland, you play for Auckland, whereas it's more of a yeah. franchise-based transfer system mm. over there, I think. So, yeah. Well, it's a, it's a short window. What is what is the Big Bash League? What, eight weeks? Two? Yeah, it's not. Ten weeks? Something like that? Yeah. So, I mean, you could easily do that. You know, if they, they, could, they, they could do that draft system, you know, where you hold on to ten players, but everybody else goes into the draft mix, you know, and then you could see more players like Baz or, Colin Munro, mm. all those guys that are based here, Martin Guptill going and playing an Aussie. I think the the tough thing for the BBL over there at the moment is look, you look at the calendar year. Like they've got the IPL auction that has just gone on. They've got a South African T20 competition. They've got a well, where, where's Martin Guptill gone to play in a T20 competition? Charger, like, where's that? Charger. Yeah. There's just so many competitions on at the moment. What is the point of difference for the Big Bash? You know, what is going to entice these players to come over? It's money. And do they have the product now that is going to draw uh, broadcasting rights, draw the big names? Probably not. Five years ago, yes, I reckon they had it, but it dwindled away. Now they've got to find something unique to encourage these players, and it's money. If they can figure out the money situation and grow that BBL, there potentially could be an opportunity for a New Zealand team to go over. Mm. I think it would be great. I just don't think the Aussies would do it. No, you might be right. You might be right. I want to hear from you. Double eight, double three. What do you reckon? A New Zealand team in the Big Bash League. Do you think it'd work? Uh, would you want to see it? That more, would you go and watch it?